Welcome to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope you are equipped by this message from Pastor Tom Lively. For more information about our church, please visit foundationchurchfl.com. So things have changed. I don't know if you noticed it in the news or not. (laughs) Suddenly, everything that Florida's been doing is now national policy. (laughs) Like, does this guy have to open up with politics every Sunday? It's not politics. I'm not talking about tax plans here. I'm not talking about building highways or who's going to be elected committeemen, congressmen, whatever it may be. This is about standing against the Antichrist spirit. Which is why they put a mask on you. Because suddenly now, ain't nobody need to wear one. What's changed? The virus get bigger? They'll tell you things like, well, it's a less severe variant. That's untrue. More people are dying now than we're dying in 2020. Why is that? Why is it that in Australia right now, in New Zealand, they have the highest COVID death rates of any country on the planet? And every, every single country that's severely mitigated has the highest COVID death rates in the world right now. Right now, 29 months into 15 days to flatten the curve. If that statistic right there doesn't wake you up, of 29 months, of 15 days, that we, we are now, remember, this is the CDC that just released their newest guidelines. 29 months after they told you just 15 days to help us flatten the curve now so that the ERs aren't overrun, which they never were. They had my spy, I won't tell you his name, but my spy go around and film all these ERs in the area, including Tampa. There wasn't a person in there. While churches around here were closing because of the latest outbreak. It's all a lie. If you're vaccinated, listen, you just need to be healed. Now, it needs to be taken out of your body now. I'll pray at the end. Don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. Listen, I've done lots of dumb things in my life. Don't be prideful. Don't be arrogant. What's the new guidelines they got going now? Here they are. From the CDC, there's four of them. Those exposed to the virus no longer longer need to be quarantined. Why is that? For 29 months, everybody had to be quarantined. And by the way, notice how they say no longer have to be quarantined. I thought these were recommendations. Well, oftentimes they weren't. I just wonder when you change all these guidelines, how about all the millions upon tens of millions of people who have lost their jobs? See, a lot of people took the vax, mask, kept your job, whatever it may be. A lot of people didn't mask, didn't vax, and didn't lose their jobs. They don't care about the people that did. Millions upon millions of people lost their jobs for forever, lost their businesses for forever. And, it's, and you think it's unchristlike to criticize that which caused them to go bankrupt? 60% of the businesses that closed during COVID in the United States will never open again. And this is all because of people like this. I'm just wondering, where are the retractions? When you've been flat out wrong, about everything, and you're the media, you're the government, where are the retractions? Where are the public retractions of coming up to a podium like this one and saying those vaunted three words, I or we were wrong? 
Well, I'll keep going. Number two, I'll be here all day. Unvaxxed people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. Okay, so why hasn't the travel restrictions coming in the United States been lifted? If you have a vaccine mandate that's predicated on stopping transmission using a vaccine that doesn't stop transmission, then why on earth can't people come into the country right now? Why, is, why, why can't Canadians cross the border into the United States? I mean, especially since there's 2.5 to 10 million per year crossing the southern border without any vaccine passport or vaccine information at all. So how is this, how is this science? And let me just tell you this. Criticizing Anthony Fauci is not attacking science any more than criticizing the FBI is attacking law enforcement. So basically, it's, it is what I've been saying and many of you have been saying for the last 29 months and 15 days to flatten the curve, is that vaccines don't stop transmission, they don't stop infection. So basically, if you're in a tube, you're in an airplane, you're in the tube, and you're sitting there unvaccinated and unmasked, you are exactly the same as the person who's vaccinated and masked, which has never changed. But now it's changed according to their guidance. It's never changed. You've never been able to stop a respiratory virus with a mask. So if it's not, if it, if it's not about keeping you healthy, then what is it about? It has to be a nefarious purpose. If it's nonsensical and illogical, using vaccines to stop transmission when the vaccines don't stop transmission or infection, then it ha that's nonsensical and illogical, so it ha there has to be a nefarious purpose. Who pushes all this stuff? There's actually people on social media that are outraged by this. I am outraged. You don't see it, but it's good if you don't. I have to do all the research for the podcast, so I have to look at all this stuff. Now, who is it that's all upset that the CDC has put out new guidelines like this? That they have to sit in planes with us, the great unwashed. <laughs> Even though every study has actually shown that the vaccinated carry a higher viral load than the, than the unvaccinated. Facts. It's just the truth. There's been one study that's ever came out said a mask does anything. Not one, but everyone puts them on dutifully. So who's all upset about it? The abortionists are all upset about it. You're like, Tom, what do you mean? I'm talking about the left in this country. Tom, this, you're, you're getting into politics. Listen, it's not really politics. I just go by what people, what's their platform? If your platform is, is that you want men in the same restrooms as my wife and daughter, we, we don't get along. It's got nothing to do with politics. And I know you've heard me preach this a lot, but if you ever notice from 25 years of law enforcement, there ain't no women trying to sneak into men's rooms. <laughs> ever. 25 years of law enforcement, I never arrested a female pervert. 
There never is some woman's trying to look into a man's house. Am I right, Lynn? There's a detective for the sheriff's office right there. Am I right or am I right? She knows. How many female perverts have you ever arrested? Zip. She's going. She's got 25 years plus in law enforcement right there. None, zero. So if you want to put men, even though they call themselves women who are having sex with women, into my daughter's bathroom, we don't agree. It's got nothing to do with politics, and it will get violent. I warn you. You're somebody in this room and you're thinking, I want to come to a nice, accommodating, tolerant church. Wrong place. I won't. I will not call you a woman if you're a man. I will not call you a man if you're a woman. It's as simple as that. It really is easy. See, all of those people are upset. Did you say those people? Yeah. I point fingers too. And I say you just like that. So people who want to drag babies out of wombs, piece by bloody piece, alive, they kill them by ripping off their arms and legs. Those same people are upset that you don't have to wear a mask anymore. So if you're a conservative person, understand who it is that's urging COVID propaganda. It's not the right. They cave and they're weak and they're spineless, but they're not the ones behind the platform. Can't you see it? You can't, you can't stand the transgender movement, the homosexual marriage movement, the abortion movement, the Antifa movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. You can't stand the World Economic Forum as a right-winger or as a conservative, but then you take their vaccine and strap their masks on your face, the 2022 swastika. You don't do it, but I might lose my job. Lose it. For those of you who don't think that I'd lay up, listen, I did. Listen, 30, 30 to 40% of this church left. And I only had about 150 at the time. <laughs> you guys see me outside always thanking you for coming? I'm glad. Thank you for being here. Seriously, I'm thanking you right now. Thank you for being here. There's, there's nobody can take this church. And I'm not changing. I'm not changing to try to gather a crowd. Nobody can take this church. Some of you are squirming right now. I look, I look, some, I can tell when you're new because they're like this. <laughs> Is there a way? Is there a way that I can get out of here? They'll get up. See, I did that last week. A whole group got up and left. I gave them an open door. Nobody's going to hurt you if, you if you leave. It's okay. I don't blame you. But why don't you sit under the Bible? This is the truth. <laughs> Nothing. If you're offended, that doesn't, doesn't mutate the truth. It doesn't mitigate the truth because you're offended. It doesn't do anything to the truth. Well, I don't believe in, 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 in preaching hellfire and brimstone. Does that change the fact that he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the lamb and the smoke of their torment ascends forever and ever and they have no rest day or night who worship, who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name? Does it change anything that that offends you? Because it's still coming. 
Well, I don't really like how you told me that the bridge is out. <laughs> Wouldn't you rather me save you from a cliff by your hair than not save you at all? Yeah. That, that's how you categorize your preaching? Yeah. <laughs> hair saves. Boom. It hurts, but you're safe. Number three, students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus. And number four, I want to focus on for just a moment. It's no longer recommended to screen those without symptoms. Now, what does that mean? See, the entire agenda was predicated on asymptomatic spread, which does not exist. The World, the World Health Organization came out. A woman came out as early on, about two months, three months into 15 days to flatten the curve. And she came out and said that the virus rarely, if ever, is transmitted via asymptomatic spread. In other words, if you don't have symptoms, you're not, you're not, you're not infectious to others. Which, by the way, is basically every virus on the planet. Suddenly everything changes with COVID. That suddenly you can be completely healthy and be transmitting a virus. That never, that, that, how many of you have ever stayed home because you had the sniffles? So you stayed home not to spread it to somebody, right? You're like me. If you're, if you're like me, I don't care, so I just go everywhere, sick or not sick. <laughs> How many grandmothers I've killed? I don't know. <laughs> you're all killers anyway. So this whole thing has been, has, been, has been predicated on asymptomatic spread, where you never know, so take precautions and quarantine the healthy. Mask the healthy. And now suddenly it doesn't matter anymore. Suddenly it's, it's no longer recommended to screen those without symptoms. So you're no longer going to have to take a test that's 97% inaccurate anyway. So the entire, basically these four things are saying... We were wrong about everything, and now we're hoping you forget. The people who are not forgetting are those whose lives have been destroyed. They were destroyed because their restaurant had to close because there was an assumption of asymptomatic spread. Didn't matter what your temperature was when you came in. Nobody was allowed to come in. See, that doesn't matter. Some of you are looking at me right now, very haughty. Because it didn't affect you. I know people who it affected. Who can't go in the military now. Because they don't want to take an experimental gene therapeutic. How is it that everybody's so cautious? I just, it confuses me. They go to GNC. They get their seaweed juice. They got a regimen, they got one of those little plastic things with the little compartments, you know, and they've got their zinc and they got their magnesium. They, they got their crushed kelp. Every morning they've got their routine. They, they won't eat anything with whatever in it, I, can't, I don't care what I eat, so I don't even know what the words are anymore. 
They won't eat anything with it. Their kids are only allowed to eat wheat germ, you know, mixed with purified whey. If they, if and their kids glaringly look up at Snickers bars, don't give them that, don't give them that. Okay, okay, okay. I won't, I won't. I would never want your kid to eat a, a little piece of nougat, ever. And those same people, the mumps vaccine, the measles vaccine, took 16 years each, each, before anybody, before they were even FDA approved. And everybody takes a vaccine after 12 months. How do you have a long-term study without long-term? Well, you had to, it was a medical emergency for a 99.9% .9 survival virus. See, it's all delusion. Now I'll shift to the spiritual. See, it's all delusion. It's getting people to say they don't see what they see. It's getting people to say they hear what they don't hear. That they don't hear what they hear. What they, they don't see what they do see. They see what they don't see. It's getting the people to do the opposite of what's true. You will say, that's a woman. I'm staring right below his zipper. That is not, I'm looking at him in a mankini right now. That is not a woman. You will say it is. You will say a 99.9% .9 survivable virus is a 99.9% .9 deadly virus. You will say that. Well, I know friends that died. I get it. But most didn't. It doesn't warrant this response. You don't want to be around it. Stay home. I was prancing all over the place. I didn't care. I, was, I, actually, I actually was around way more people because that's when I met Pastor Rodney, so I'm going up to a church with 3,000 people in it. I never thought twice about it. I may have even got COVID. I don't know what I had. I was nauseated for 17 days. That's all it was. It was great. I lost 30 pounds. Exactly what I needed anyway. Got me off a nougat. So I'm just telling you, if you're in here and you need to wake up, wake up. See the source behind the agenda. I'm not, I'm not telling you this because, I, because I'm mad or I'm upset. I'm not upset. I want you okay. It's so funny that the very people who accuse me or you of lacking compassion are the very ones who want to, who want to actually kill people. What's funny is I read this from a congressman who was very upset because a little girl shot herself in Georgia, found her mother's gun, she's four years old, and shot herself. It's a major tragedy, and the parents, listen, there's culpable negligence and whatever with the parents. What, you know, you should have had that gun locked up. She so said, this, this is another prime example of, of, of something needing to be done, and it's long since passed, basically confiscate all firearms. So I responded to him, and I said, well, yeah, but you would have killed that kid in the womb not four years ago. Do you see the ridiculousness of responses, of nonsensical responses? Amen. Amen. 
Scared of, the, scared of something? You don't want to get sick? You stay home. Leave the rest of us alone. Yeah. Amen. So basically, the CDC came out and said, Tom Lightblue has been right for the last 29 months and 15 days. So, so that, wasn't, that wasn't on the memorandum, but that's basically Ann Ron DeSantis, Rodney Howard Brown, people who got arrested. The CDC is why Pastor Rodney got arrested. Can't have people gathering together. Can now. What's changed? Nothing. Not one thing has changed. Let me ask you this this morning. Do we have, you and I, how many Christians are in here today? Shout amen. amen. All right, how, how many saved people are in here? Shout amen. amen. All right. All right, now let me ask you. Do you have faith in Jesus or do you have the faith of Jesus? Let's look. No one thing. Hebrews chapter, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. It's, it's not probable or improbable that you can please him. It's impossible to please him without faith. The covenant that we are in is not a grace covenant. It is a faith covenant. Grace is what faith gives us. It, the covenant is hand-to-hand -hand with God, and it's called faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. You must believe that he is. There's the rudimentary faith. If you want to go any further in the title of this message series is Next Level, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Romans 5, 1 and 2. The devil always imitates and counterfeits God. There is a singular access point to God, and it's by faith. There's a singular access point that's coming for the world system, and it's called the mark of the beast. Singular access. The devil always imitates God. That's why he shrouds himself in light. He always imitates and counterfeits God. But with God, it is impossible to please him without faith. Impossible. And look at me now, faith is nuts. Faith's crazy. Most people on the planet, there's eight billion of us that live here. And, don't, and believe me, when they tell you that there's an overpopulation problem, all eight billion could fit in Texas. That's a fact. So when they tell you that we need to lower the Earth's population using vaccines, how that makes sense? Of course it doesn't make sense. Either does the guy wearing the mankini, <laughs> calling himself a woman. Yes, it doesn't make sense. It's impossible to please God without faith. Impossible. It's crazy. So do we have faith in Jesus or do we have the faith of Jesus. So if you ask this, if we have faith in Jesus, that would be our faith. So what would please God more? Jesus's faith or yours and mine? If we have faith in Jesus, then we have our faith. What would please God more? Our faith or his own? See, we have we don't have faith 
in Jesus, we have the faith of Jesus. But what if it's really, really foolish? Really foolish. 1 Corinthians 1.25, for the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom, and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Romans 4.17, the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. See how the devil imitates God? You will call that man a woman and woman a man. Calls things that are not as though they were. See? He wants to be God. That's what cost him hell. See how he imitates? It's different. There, there, I'll explain this in a minute, but there's lots of different faiths. There's only one true faith. His faith is so crazy that it is calling things not as though they were. You bind. You can't see that, but you bind it. And you call it done. You loose it. You may not see it, but you call it done. It's crazy that you consider yourself saved. How do you know? You can't see it, but you believe it. It's settled in your spirit. How do you get out of debt? It's crazy. How do you get out of debt? I know you're afraid to answer. I wouldn't answer a word in this church ever. <laughs> Seriously, I would never say a word. I would amen some stuff because that's pretty innocuous, but I would never say anything. I don't blame you. How do you get more money? How do you do it? Yo, I don't need any money. Okay. Even though prosperity is guaranteed as part of the covenant. You don't want it. Okay, you've walked away from that. That's fine. That's fine. You don't want it. It's amazing that Christians who are so concerned about the poor never want to have the money to feed them. It's funny, isn't it? People jump on Jonathan Shuttlesworth all the time about his prosperity message, preaches lots of different things, but jump on him exclusively about that. They feed nobody, he feeds a thousand people a day. A day. How many is that? 365,000 people a year he feeds. What do they do? They, they, they go around from message to message going, well, he's one of those word of faith guys. Well, we, well you've certainly accomplished a lot, haven't you? You want more money, it's crazy faith. You sow seed. See, there's things that we need to accomplish in this church. I mean, I'm talking about millions, M's, millions that, need, that we need in this church. So what do I do? Well, what I did was last week, I know, I know a missionary in Africa. He's 23, his wife's 21. I went out to lunch with them. He has saved more souls than I have times a million. Seriously. He goes around Africa as a white man with his lily white wife and they set up crusades and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of people come, are healed and set free and saved. So I went, hmm, that looks like good soil. It was confirmed in my spirit. So they needed $69,000. Listen, I need $69,000. And I could hold on to that for what we want to do here. But when you're dealing in the M's, he, all he needed was 69,000 and he's gonna go save 100,000. Or more. Who knows how many will show up at that thing? Hundreds of thousands will be there. 
So I need millions. So what good is it going to do for me to hold on to $69,000? I need it to turn into $6.9 million. I need it to turn it into $3 million. What? I need it to turn it to a million. Whatever it is, so I go with crazy faith. You see how everybody here now is stoic? Because now I brought up the very touchy subject. Money. Why are you touchy about money? Who cares? You're going to die someday anyway. You're not bringing anything with you. So why are you touchy about money? Everybody's facial expressions in here went from this to this. What do you, you think I'm going to have a special offering today to make up for that which I gave to the missionary? Don't worry. No buckets are coming. Not bringing up a special singer. You can relax. Offering boxes are at the door, give or don't. Take it down a notch. It's all right. Prosperity, good. Not prosperity, bad. Well, I've been ripped off by the church before. So what, you're gonna live on that the rest of your life? You're gonna, you're gonna suck on that dead cow's teat for the rest of your life? Man, this is good. Don't you notice it's a little tainted now? Get past it. Don't give it here then. There you go. Be free. If you want out and you're going to go the way that pleases God, you sow seed. And seed that hurts. Not 10 bucks. That's not seed. That's a burp. It's not seed. It cost you anything. I will offer God nothing that costs me nothing. That 69,000 hurt. I woke up the next day with buyer's remorse. I did. I always do. That's just my carnality. It gets better and better and better, but I still wake up with it. I've given away numerous offerings now from this church. Pastor in Amsterdam, Netherlands. Man, there you have to stand there. He never closed his church, never mitigated nothing. Police outside your door? Yeah, I'm giving to that guy. Doesn't do me any good to hold on to 25,000 when I need 2.5 million. Sow the seed. Look at where we are. We've got, a, we've got close to $1.5 million in this building now. We had $30,000 in our bank account two years ago today. What changed all that? Crazy faith. Crazy faith. Just sow it. Give it. That's how faith works. It's impossible to please God without it. Your faith doesn't even move God. He's already moved. It enables you to access that which you already have. He's given you Romans 8.32, all things already. Let me just tell you this. I haven't said this for a while, so I want to put this into your mind. I want you to think of things in terms of unbelief, not I need more faith. You, you have the gift of faith. I'm going to get into that in just a second. But let me just lay some groundwork for it. The only thing that's holding you back in any area of life, whether it's healing, whether it's your moods, whether it's mental health, physical health, financial health, your family, your marriage, unbelief. 
You're like, well, that's an ambiguous term. I know, it's faith. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, right? So what do you have to do is don't ask for more faith. You already have it all. You have, why would you ask for more faith if you have the faith of Jesus? You need more of Jesus? You need more than Jesus? No. You have to access the faith you already have. Picture it like this. I know some of you have heard this before, but there's a lot of new people in here. How many people in here have ever had your air conditioner freeze up in your house? You go out there and in the air handler, you open up the, the case and you look in there and there's a big block of ice on top of your, whatever you call those things, like your radiator looking thing. You're like, I've been there many times. Like, why is the air blowing out warm? You think it would be blowing out extra cold because there's a giant ice chunk on it? No, it's blowing out warm. So what do you do? The air conditioner, is the air conditioner broke? No. Is it blowing out so it's working? It's blowing out all the air that it always blows out. It's just blowing out warm. So you got to go melt the ice. That's unbelief. That's all you got to do. You got to melt the ice. This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Dating the wrong person helps you to have a more unbelief. Having an attitude problem gives you unbelief. Not studying, not praying, four essentials, prayer, Bible study, worship, and fellowship, not doing or skipping those things adds to your unbelief. Doesn't hurt, I'm just taking a Sunday off to go fishing. Hurts! Oh, you're such a religious man. Call me whatever you want. The first step to the backslide is to, stop skip, is to start skipping church. And I don't care what you're reading. Well, we just need a mental health day. Lie from the pit of hell. Understand something when it comes to faith. Faith is faith. Faith is, is just what it is. There's all sorts of faith, both with God and without God. Faith is faith. Just like unbelief is unbelief, stupidity is stupidity. Stupid is stupid. Faith is faith. God, God didn't just, God created all things that are pure and holy, so he created faith. But faith can go in many different directions. People, how many of you know people have faith in other things outside of God? As I told you, faith is simply the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So man can have it without God. Man can have it and it not be in God. Climate change is faith. It's faith. What evidence do you have? It's hot out. It's always hot out. It's August. Well, we've never seen weather like this before. During the podcast, I always, I, well, not always, I've recently had Aaron pull up statistics for me in the midst of the podcast. He's the only one on the planet that can do 500 things at once. I do one thing. Aaron's over there. He's like that Pirates of the Caribbean guy with the, the octopus who plays the, you know, the organ. Davy Jones. That's Aaron. So he's pulling up stats, he pulled up stats, and all their, everything they've said, this is the worst ever in this area. The, the worst ever in this area. The highest temperature, all eyes, all you do is a simple search. The hottest weather ever in the history of Florida was 80 years ago. The polar ice caps are bigger now than they were in 2000. There's the exact same amount of polar bears now as there was 50, 50 years ago when Al Gore began his ministry. <laughs> but they all have faith. It's really the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. 
I mean, when you hear something like, they've killed a terrorist, and I'm not saying Republican or Democrat for just a moment. A de- a, 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 they've got El-Baghdaddy, El-Big El Daddy. He's dead. How do you know? You see the body, so it's faith. How do you know? How do you, why would you put a mask on your face? Faith. You, why would you take a vaccine? Faith. You've never looked under a microscope. You see what I mean? Faith is just faith. Whether it's towards God or not, stupidity is stupidity. If you go out there right now on the, on the 41, especially in Northport where every driver's nuts, and you start doing cartwheels out there, you're stupid. It's the same as, same as the person who in, invests in uh, ice in Alaska. Stupid is stupid. It's the, there's, there's no mystery, fantastic definition or mystical definition of faith. It's just a, it's a human element. We do it. We put faith in all sorts of things. Whether we, listen, it, it just is what it is. So understand that faith can be directed in many different locations. But faith needs to be directed at one very specific location. Because there's only a singular access point to God, and it comes by faith. And it's crazy faith. Most people's faith is very guarded. Blessed are those who believe and do not see. It's crazy. It's crazy to have that kind of faith. Again, let me lay this groundwork for you. Do we have, the faith, do we have faith in Jesus or the, or, faith, or the faith of Jesus? Let me just tell you this. There is faith in Jesus, but it only comes through the faith of Jesus. Let me show you. Ephesians chapter 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith. Through faith. Unless the, unless the Bible is grammatically incorrect, the next line is about faith. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that. Proper English, the pronoun describes the last noun. Right? Everybody thinks this is about grace. They need to go back to about sixth grade grammar. Seriously. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And that, and that faith is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So if we actually have our own faith in Jesus, we are actually saying, here's my works. We receive the gift of faith and we move on that gift. I believe in Jesus because Jesus gave me the gift. When you got saved, it was actually his faith. He does it all. You know, and I, otherwise it's works. Romans 12, 3. For by, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance to the measure of faith God has given you. Notice how he says, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Right before he says you've received the measure of faith. Now understand something, you may look, and the King James actually says, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Now this gets mistranslated as they detranslate the Bible. The new NIV, NIV went from 1984. 
for a long time, till about five, six, seven years ago. And then they rewrote the NIV to be gender neutral. It's a fact. Took out all words that say man in it and put humans. It's a fact. You need, listen, just because it's a Bible, just because it's the FBI doesn't mean it's pure. If man goes in and manipulates, they can still put the word Holy Bible on it. That's why I stick more with the older translations. Because the people that are translating Bibles now are the same people that have been closed for the last 29 months of 15 days to flatten the curve. There's no, there's no biblical standard that would say close your church ever. So what are they standing on? So they just rewrite the word of God. Amen. So you've been given the measure of faith. You're actually told the beginning of the verse, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. You can think of yourself more highly than you ought if it's my faith. It's my faith. I believed. Well, you didn't really. You were given the option and you took it. You were given a gift and you received it. That'd, like, that'd be like if Aaron came up to me and gave me a Ferrari and I was prideful about it. It'd be like, if you, how many of you have a good singing voice? Why are you prideful about it? You didn't do nothing for that. If somebody's prideful about being six feet tall, what'd you do? You feel bad that you're short. Why do you feel bad? You didn't make yourself short. You didn't not accomplish something. Your mom or your dad or your grandmother short. It's the way it is. Amen. So it's got not, what I'm telling you is, think about, think about the walls that you could co- cause to come crashing down if the faith was not your own, but it's his. Think about the dead that you could raise, the sick that you could heal, the poor that you could provide for if you understood that your faith is not your own, but it's Jesus's. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. This has been mistranslated into faith in the Son of God. That is not the original translation. The reason why people are mistranslating the Bible is because they have an agenda. It is, I live by the faith of the Son of God, not in the Son of God. I live by the faith of the Son of God. It's backed up in Galatians 2.16, four verses before. Knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Not faith in Jesus, faith of Jesus. Remember, there is such a thing as faith in Jesus. There is, and there's people who are saved because they have faith in Jesus. See how sweet I am? People think I'm so mean, very tolerant, very accommodating. There's, there's, there's such a thing as faith in Jesus, but you only have faith in Jesus because of the faith of Jesus. Understand that. And if you would get past that rudimentary faith in Jesus and understand that you have the faith of Jesus, then the ice wall gets melted. The blind will see. The dead will be raised. You will prosper. Your marriage will go through the roof in happiness. Instead of men memorizing Proverbs chapter 21, 
It is better to dwell in the wilderness than with a contentious and an angry woman. It is better to dwell in the corner of a housetop than with a brawling woman in a white house. They won't be memorizing those verses anymore. 21.9 and 21.19, they won't be memorizing those anymore. They'll just love you. You're welcome. Remember, I'm just trying to help. Everything depends on one thing before you get saved. Will you act in and on faith? Everything depends on one thing after you are saved. Will you act in and on faith? And again, look at me now, crazy faith. People think I'm nuts. And you're like, justifiably so. Point taken. However, Is anything that I say untrue? People look at me literally like I'm speaking Egyptian being translated into Swahili whenever I say that you're supposed to live 120 years. It's the Bible. My spirit shall not strive with man forever, yet his day, yet his, for, for he is indeed flesh, yet his day shall be 120 years. You're like, Tom, why do you preach about this all the time? Because I'm in Florida, and there's a large, what we call elderly population that isn't elderly. You've just been told you're elderly. For as he thinks in his heart, you've been told you're elderly. You think you're old because you're 60. You're halfway there. You're going to, you, should be have, you should be going out and buying a motorcycle now. <laughs> going through your midlife crisis. Your midlife crisis is now. You got 60 years to go. I'm st I, listen, I'm serious. I, listen, people think I'm a very serious person. You gotta talk to my family. I'm really not. I'm seriously unserious. But I believe what I, I may not say it in even a serious way, but I believe that 100%. I said it in the podcast last night just wait till my, my hair turns black again. You're like, you're crazy. I don't care what you think. I have, listen, I please God. I believe that he's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. I diligently seek God. The God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. I don't want gray hair. No. Moses was 120 years old when he died, yet his eyes were not weak nor his strength gone. Walked up a mountain and croaked. That's what I'm going to do. Light switch. It's either, it's either rapture martyrdom or light switch. That's it. My son makes fun of me all the time. He says, Dad, you'll live to 120 just for vengeance. Darn right. If you're 74, I want you to think about this right now. If you're 74, you got 46 years to go. You're like, that's crazy. Is it really? Do you ever actually, do we, you, does anybody actually ever study to show themselves approved? Do you ever look at any other nation? We allegedly have the greatest healthcare system in the world. No, we have the greatest pharmaceutical whore shop on the planet. That's what we have. Listen, I love doctors and nurses. Seriously, I do. I do. I have needed them in my life. I, I do. I love them. 
I'm sad for what the path that most of them have gone down. But if you actually look around the world, there's people walking around at 112. They're going to the shops every day. And you consider yourself, well, I better make, you know, get things in order. I'm 71. 71? You got 50 years to go. Why do you, you get ready at 112? Your body is designed for 120. Well, I've already conceded so much. I'm just, I've let myself be an elderly person. Tom, what does this have to do with the message? Nothing. I just want, listen, I'm all about people living. To me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. There's only one time to save souls. I can't save souls in heaven. Am I going to go evangelize the 12 apostles? Hey, Peter, have you ever heard about Jesus? Because I've got this track for you. Roman Road. Uh, Tom, we're all saved. You're in heaven. See the streets? They're gold. Oh, you had your chance. I want to, listen, it's crazy to say things like that, but that's the Bible. That's what faith is. It's insane. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everything depends on it, though. Everything depends on it. Before you're saved and after you're saved, will I act in faith? Now I'm gonna have to play a little game with you now. I'm going to dispel one of the greatest fantasies in the church. Let me take a drink first. Get ready. This is gonna hurt now. Be ready, because I'm about to waylay into Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Let's break that down, shall we? Now, in order to break it down, you have to go back to Luke 11.13, which is, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good, good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Amen? Amen? Amen. Amen. Now, what most people think about Romans 8, 28 is no matter how you live, no matter what you do, God's working for your good. No, no. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. Well, you know, I've been skipping church for a long time. If it's, if it's antithetical to the word, and faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, Romans 10, 17, if it's antithetical to the word, then it's not faith. Amen. So without faith, it's impossible to please him, but yet he's working for your good. You see it? Well, you know, she's just so smoking hot. Okay, she's not working for your good right now. I'll show you how this all connects. Romans 8, 26 through 28. In the same way, the Spirit, remember, all we have to do is ask him. Lots of Christians will never ask the Holy Ghost in. Because he may tell you, you know what? I don't want you to move to Tennessee. Tom, didn't you try to buy five houses in Tennessee? Yes. Lost every one of them. Maybe I need to listen. I don't want you to move to Tennessee. I'm not mo- I wasn't looking to move. I was just looking to go there for a tender Tennessee Christmas. Amy Grant, 1990-something. They don't want him in because he may contradict their agenda. Sounds like the world, doesn't it? No truth is allowed because it might stop the agenda. 
Listen, if your agenda requires lies, then why would you want that agenda? So in the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Will you let him in? Now wait, look, again, is it your faith or his when you're trying to get the Spirit to pray for you? Whose faith is it? He's the Spirit of Jesus. So now you have the Spirit coming in and praying for you. Do you have the faith of Jesus or faith in Jesus? You have the faith of Jesus. How much will you yield? How much will you melt the polarized cap? You gonna let him in? He may make you be nice to your wife for the first time in 30 years. And by the way, nice does not mean that you bring home the bacon. You have a woman there who needs to get out however many tens of thousands of words per day. That's your job. Get in there. Get in there. The Holy Spirit will tell you to do things like that. See the man, you should see the expression of men right now looking at me. Don't preach that. Don't preach that. She never stops. I've told my wife many times, you know, we could have gotten to the end of that story about 20 minutes ago. We, I don't need the prequel, the sequel to the prequel. Just get to the main story. I'm telling you, I'm just here to help. Just here to help. It's amazing to me. Men gripe and complain all the time. Basically, just to make it as clean as I can. Why do I never get to see my wife naked? You never talk to her. You don't talk to her. Clothes are staying on, dummy. Get in there. Talk to the woman. Jeez. I don't understand what happened to the sex. Well, what happened to the romance? Boom, boom, boom. There's the amens. Boom, 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 boom. You're a dummy. Well, it sounds like you're a manipulator. I don't care what you call me. I'm not sexless. You are. I'm just here to help. Just here to help. <laughs> and you walking around with your white robe on and flashing her ain't going to work either. They don't care. They're not trying to get into our bathrooms. They don't care. I've been married for 26 years. Not one time has my wife ever tried to walk in on me while I was taking a shower. I've done it 3,000 times. Oh, I had a question for you. Um, 
That never happens the other way around. <laughs> the same question. You had that same question 10 minutes ago. I know. Just rethought it. And <laughs> you wonder why nobody comes to me for counsel, don't you? You're welcome. So how does this work? In the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not, we don't know what we ought to pray for. Whose faith is it? We don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that, that words cannot express. The focus is on 827. And he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. Because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. He, listen, if the Spirit is praying for you, if he is allowed to pray for you, then God is doing all things for your good because he is praying for your good. If the Spirit has been shut off, 828 is not happening without 827, which most Christians never get. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Yeah, but it, the, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, is the, the first part of the verse, which is never read. And if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Most Christians, it's evil to serve the Lord. It's insane to say that you're supposed to live 120 years. That's the Bible. Why is the Bible conspiracy to you, Christian? Why, why is the Bible unfolding before your very eyes in Australia, New Zealand, the entire European Union, Canada, Israel, and New York City, where you have to have a common pass or a green pass, a QR-coded mark of the beast on your phone to buy, sell, trade, or travel? Why is that conspiracy theory to you when you have Revelation 13, 16 through 18? Why is it? Don't you guys worry. The people who are leaving right now are my neighbors. They love me. Love you guys. Mwah. Have a great time. Love you. The only reason why I said anything is that Kelly actually contacted my wife and said, we're not, we're not mad when we're leaving. You're like, do you actually say things to people when they leave? Of course. Why not? What's, why not? Why not have at least a little fun? Me and a guy waved at each other. <laughs> Better than what Pastor Rodney got from the pastor's wife who flipped him a, a, a middle finger and threw her check on the floor. <laughs> Seriously. So do you see how this works? It's not just God just ambiguously works for your good no matter what. He works for your good if you allow the Spirit to pray through you with groans that words cannot express crazy faith. You speak in tongues, why don't you? Why don't you? Well, I wasn't raised in that. What does that have to do with the Bible? What do steeples and bells and organs and stained glass windows have to do with the Bible? Nothing. Ask the Holy Spirit in, and he will pray. Remember, because the Spirit intercedes for us with groans and words can I express. He who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because the Spirit intercedes intercedes on our behalf in accordance with the will of God. So how does the Spirit pray? Only by the Bible. 
Only by John 16, 13. However, he, when the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he does not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. Are you letting that guy pray through you? That's what you gotta do. Otherwise, there is no 828. There is, there is no God that's working on your behalf. The God is actually, he who searches the hearts is looking for the mind of the spirit praying through you. Otherwise, nothing's happening. There's no ambiguous will of God. Everything that's unfolding before your eyes is not the will of God. We are the ones to institute or do not institute the word of God via our prayers, via our words, via our faith. You decide. You want the dead to raise? Raise them. You're like, Tom, are you gonna live up to that standard? Yes. I've tried to raise the dead of you. That's awfully embarrassing. I don't care. What does that matter? People think I'm crazy. I don't, what does that matter? They put Jesus on a cross. The most esteemed individual that's ever walked the plant, the son of God, nailed him to a cross, but they think you're a little crazy? And again, let me just level that out by saying, if you are crazy, stop being crazy. You say that to me, oh, they come up to me at the, at the door. Yeah, I'm with you, I'm just crazy. Everybody thinks I'm nuts. Yeah, that's because you are nuts. You think every butterfly that flies by is an angel. No, it's a bug. It's a bug. That's all that it is, is a bug. Every black snake that goes across the ground in Florida is just a snake. It's not Satan. It's a snake. Leave it alone. Don't go stamp it out. It's just a snake. You're just a weirdo. See that? You know why? You know why you're weird? You know why? It's because the Spirit's not praying through you. Now, he who searches hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is. You don't let the Holy Spirit pray through you. you. So, what happens is if you don't have the power of God, everybody, just like Satan, looks for a counterfeit. If you don't have the power, you look for the counterfeit. Because everybody is looking for solutions. Everybody is looking to fill the God-shaped void in their life. And if you don't let God fill it, you'll find something else to fill it. Go get another tattoo. Go get another vehicle. Switch jobs, switch marriages. It never will work. Just yield. And what people do is go, you know what? I don't have any power, so I'm gonna really emphasize the peculiar people portion of 1 Peter 2, 9 and 10. And I'm gonna become extra peculiar because I have no extra power. Just have the power. Don't need to be weird. You ever, you ever, read, you ever read Matthew chapter eight? The series of miracles in Matthew cha- chapter eight, starting in verse two, where he healed the leper. He goes from the leper to healing the centurion's servant. He goes from healing the centurion's servant to healing Peter's mother and then healing all who were sick and oppressed of the devil in 16 and 17. Look, I want you to look, read that when you get home today. A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus said, I am willing, be clean. Matter of fact, he said it like this. Be clean. This is an exclamation mark. A centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, will be done just as you believed it would. Didn't even say nothing. Didn't pray. 
When Jesus came into Peter's house, he saw Peter's mother, mother-in-law lying in bed with a fever. He touched her hand and the fever left her and she got up and began to wait on him. Didn't pray there either. Just went up and went. When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him and he drove out the spirits with a word, weirdo. Yahshua, we cometh thou in the name. Just pomposity, that's just waste of life. It means nothing. Yahshua, we cometh now in the mightieth name of thy son. Why don't you just pray like Jesus did? When evening came, many who were demon-possessed were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word and healed all the sick. Why don't you do that instead? Instead of blithering on and on in King James language. Weirdo. All those verses, by the way, is Matthew chapter 8, 2 and 3. Matthew chapter 8, 5, 6, and 13. Matthew chapter 8, 14 and 15. Matthew chapter 8, 16 and 17. That's how Jesus works. He touched her hand, the fever left her. Yeah, but you know what? If I just go up and touch people's hands, then they won't know that I healed them. There's a demon right there. Get that out. That's why you don't see the miraculous. That's what you, hear. you hear me rip on worship teams because I've been parts of worship teams. If you want to be seen as a musician or a singer, you're going nowhere, ever in life. God will see to it that you are never promoted because without faith it is impossible to please them. Self-glorifying is not faith. You're welcome. And that goes for any area of life. You're pastoring and you want to glorify on yourself, you're going nowhere. You're going nowhere. Forget it. How do you work for God and bring glory to yourself? You're welcome. I'll finish with this. As you hear all the time around here, Jesus is the word. There is no delineation at all between the Bible and Jesus. None. Zero. Zero point zero. There is no difference. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. Psalm 138, 2, I will worship toward your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth for you have magnified your word above all your name. And listen now, that's not some little name. He's magnified this above all names. And not only is he magnified it above all names, he's magnified it above his own name. Philippians 2, 9 through 11. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But listen to this. His word is magnified above that name. The name that every single human being that has ever lived, whether in heaven or in hell, will come out and say, by the name you are Lord. His word's above that. And then Christians filter the word, censor the word. 
So what else? If it, closing with this. If his word, and I want you to get this point really quick. Understand something. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, right? Jesus is the word, so where does your faith come from? You could even say Jesus is faith. Amen. He's the one true faith. No man cometh unto the Father but by him. Finish him with this. So if his name is above every name, what else is his name above? I wrote a list in closing. Did I hear like somebody saying, oh no over there? <laughs> oh no. Don't worry, we're still gonna get out on time. <laughs> then his word is above your version of faith, your version of love. You know, we're just showing compassion. It's not the Bible. Yeah, but that's crazy though. You know, it's a virus, it's a virus. We need to show everybody how much we care about their health by putting masks on and locking ourselves down. That's not the Bible. Listen, even, even if it was a deadly virus, it's still not the Bible. It's crazy faith. Crazy. But it's, but it's, it's you know, if it really was, if it really was two weeks to flatten the curve, you still don't do it. it you're like, Tom, that, that seems this rebellious. No, not if my rebellion is the word of God. Rebellion is when Saul rebelled against the word of God. So Samuel said, has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Now what defines rebellion? Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. 1 Samuel 15, 22 and 23. See it? So if I stand in the word, I am the opposite of rebellion, even if they label me rebellious. Right now they're labeling law and order as the FBI. Are they? No. They're, law, they're labeling science as Anthony Fauci, who was wrong on everything. And not only was he wrong on everything, he flipped in the midst of being wrong on everything to being wrong again after originally being wrong. And that's the science, just like everybody who defines democracy now. It's an attack on our democracy if you question an election. No, questioning elections is democracy. Feel free. I'd be like, you know what you're worried? Have I got elected to mayor of Northport? Well, we want to challenge. I know there is none. I'm just saying. Or there, yeah, there is a mayor of Northport. Yeah, there is. If I got elected mayor of Northport, and I ran against Jeff Tomas, and I absolutely crushed him, in the election. I have the microphone, he doesn't right now. During announcements next week, this will flip the other way. And I crushed him and Jeff said, you know what? I want this, this whole campaign election vote counting exposed. What would I do? Go ahead. It, that's, that's what democracy is, count them again. I'm good with it. But now the definition of democracy is mass censorship Forced vaccinations, forced masking, the homicide of our youth, and open borders. How's that democracy? 
Illegal people voting, how's that democracy? But if you dare say any of that's wrong, now, since that's the definition of democracy, you're attacking democracy. See how it works? That's what Christians do too with the Bible. They claim things are Christian that are not. They create their own version of Christianity. And if you use the Bible, you're not Christ-like. You see what I mean? Your version of love is not the Bible. It's not mine either. Your thoughts, feelings, and emotions. His word is above that. Get ready now. Some of these are going to hurt. Your past experiences, your pain, all of us. There's people in this room who've suffered way worse than you and way worse than me. There's people in this room that have seen major tragedy that should not sculpt the rest of your life. If there was tragedy, understand it wasn't God. God didn't come down and pluck a person off the earth. Find the Bible verse. That's what they say at funerals when the pastor's a coward. Why does tragedy happen? Why do people die young? Why do people die of sickness, illness, or disease? I know you're afraid to say, I'm not. It's unbelief. Whatever you bind is bound. Whatever you loose is loose. You don't want to die. You don't want to die in a plane crash? Bind it for life. You don't want to die of a virus? Bind it forever. Well, that, you, you say that, Tom, but I've suffered this, this horrific tragedy. I know, and I feel bad for you. Listen, I'll do things for you. I will help you, but I will not compromise the word of God. I won't do it. In both healings of the dead woman, both by the apostles and Jesus, Jesus cleared out, and the apostles, Peter and John, cleared out the people living in their pain so that they could raise the dead. That's faith. Amen? Final thing, 2 Corinthians 10.5. What do we do with all these things? Our version of faith, our version of love, our thoughts, feelings, emotions, past experience, pain, your offenses, What seems right? What do you do with all these things? All of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Those are our righteousnesses. Even our pain, even our tragedies, even our sorrow, that is our righteousnesses. That's what you live by. See how quiet it is in here? They're right. They're filthy rags to God. You live by the word of God. What does God have for me? You live by that. And we cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. That's what you do. Amen? Amen. I'm done. There we go. I'm done. Worship team, make your way. 1213, not too bad. We started at 1005. So we are two hours and eight minutes in. You'll be out the doors no later than 1220. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Praise you, Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you need Jesus this morning, now is your time. Right at this very moment, now is your time. Don't be that person that looks around the room right now and gets in the way of the Holy Ghost. If you're a Christian, you've fallen back into a lifestyle of sin. Not that you struggle with sin. I said a lifestyle of sin. There's a concession to sin talking to you right now. It's your moment, because that's a hell-bound decision. If we deliberately keep on sinning after we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left. 
but only a fearful expectation of judgment and of raging fire that consumes the enemies of God. Most people will not tell you, Hebrews 10, 26 and 27, I will because judgment day is coming. If that's you, Christian, you need to get your life right, right here, right now. Maybe you've never gotten saved or maybe everybody thinks that you're saved, but you know you're not. You've never turned from your sin and given Jesus your life. Now's your time. Now's your time. Every head bowed and every eye closed. It's between me, you, and God. I'm the only one looking. It's between me, you, and God. If you need his forgiveness this morning, right where you're at, I'm not gonna do anything. I'm not gonna bring you forward. I'm not taking you to a back room. I'm doing nothing except asking you to do two things. I'm gonna ask you to lift your hand and I'm gonna ask you to pray right where you're at. That's it. So if that's you this morning and you need his forgiveness, Right where you are at, stretch your hand up in the air so I can pray with you this morning. You should see the amount of hands that are in the air right now. God bless you. You can put them down. Those of you who lifted up your hands, the entire church is going to pray this out loud with you. You pray it. You mean it directly to the Almighty God in the name of Jesus. And every sin you have ever committed has been separated from you, covered in the blood of Jesus. And as far as as the east is from the west from you now. Pray this prayer out loud. Everybody, Lord Jesus, I ask you right now to come into my life and be my Lord and be my Savior. I ask you right now to forgive me for all of my sins. And I now turn from them. And I give you my life from this day on in Jesus' mighty name, church shouts. Amen. Look at me now. I mean, I don't know how many people there were. 50, 60 people raised their hand. Listen, those of you, if you just got saved, plug in. Don't ever miss church. You're like, this church is too rough. It gets easier. You just, it's not that the word ever gets easier, the messages ever get easier. It just gets easier to take. So just stay for a couple months, see what happens, what's the worst thing that could happen? You get mad, storm out the back door, who cares? Amen? So give it, plug in, lots of Bible studies. You have questions or you know, how to get plugged in, see Heather, see me, see Hope. We'll all be outside, Travis. You, you maybe see Aaron when he gets done. Ask and plug in, amen? Listen, there is gobs and gobs of free food. You don't pay, we don't make you pay right around the corner here. It's called the Caboose Cafe. It's right there. If you are like, oh, I never seem to be able to connect, that's your fault. See how sweet I am? You ready? Look, look, ready? It's your fault. It's you. It's you. Get back there and start eating. It's free. And it's good. Amen? And listen, one other thing. Some of you Need a hug. I'll be right out here. My wife and I will be out there. You may have to wait in line. If you don't wait in line, then you're going to get the love you. But if you wait in line, I just spend a couple seconds with each person. I just want you to know that I love you. I appreciate you coming in every Sunday and taking it in the face. Boom. I love you. I really do. Stand with me. Raise your hands in the air. Put those hands in the air. Let me pray over you. Lord, I pray your abundance over each and every person in this room. 
I pray the open doors that you want open. I pray the closed doors that you want closed. I pray the healing that, eat, that is needed in this room, represented in this room, the restoration that's needed in this room, the encouragement, the joy, the happiness that's needed in this room. I loose it. Look at me, look at me. I loose it in Jesus' name. Church shouts, amen. Love you. Thank you for listening to Foundation Church's weekly message. We hope that you have been encouraged and empowered. If you would like to partner with us, please visit foundationchurchfl.com and click on Give.